Zen. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings and welcome on in. Thursday morning, 50 degrees in the capital city right now as we get your Thursday morning started. 609 on October 5th, 2023. Thursday morning, as I said. And uh, Thursdays mean uh, it's time for you to win on LNK Today with Jack and Friends because it is Ticket Thursday. And we are still in generation collaboration. I made uh, kind of an executive decision. I, I assume no one on the team is going to have a big problem with it. Uh, we will, uh, we're going to extend ex- uh, generation collaboration because it's been really good this year very close between the generations we will extend it through the month of october for this season uh so that means today and then three more three more chances to play Does that so sound good well there is one thing we are going to have to do we are going to have to take one week off before our playoffs is what we'll call it the last two weeks mark is out next thursday oh uh, okay all right well mark will be out we'll do something else that week and then when he's back the 19th and 26th that's fine three more so three more days including today yep uh, so through October, that's good. Four might have been a lot anyway. So uh, everybody still got a shot at it right now. The millennials at forty and two, boomers at thirty three and two, uh, could take the lead today. And uh, Gen X not far off at thirty four and three. Uh, but in addition to the pride that goes along with bringing your generation closer to victory in generation collaboration, we are giving away tickets. With no home football game, uh, we are sending you to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They are coming to Lincoln and the Pinnacle Bank Arena. Pretty cool deal here. So if you're uh, if you're wanting to see Trans-Siberian, you hear all their Christmas music during the season, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. But to see them live is a completely different experience. And mid-November, um, give, you, give your holiday a little early yep, start. So that's the, uh, it's the Ghost of Christmas Eve at Pinnacle Bank Arena coming up Thursday, November 16th. So we'll give away a ticket pair today with Generation Collaboration on the show. We also are going on the website, if you want another shot at it, we're giving you front row tickets to someone there who is uh, going to enter for their chance to win. So go to KLIN.com. It pops right up when you go there. All you got to do is enter your email in there, and we're going to have a drawing for front row tickets that way, too. So maximize your chances of winning shot to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the Ghosts of Christmas Eve at Pinnacle Bank Arena, coming up on Thursday, November 16th. So what, we got- what's, what's your favorite song of theirs? That's what I wanted. I didn't want to hear the action. I didn't want to hear a title. I just wanted that. Uh, I wonder if they play Silent Night with trumpets. Uh, I don't know. With with, uh, with a special guest? I, I'm available. I'm available. It's... Uh, yeah, we if if we need to work something out, I'm glad to uh, glad to do that. So that's coming up at seven ten. A little bit later in the show, we'll count down the five things you're talking about today with the morning drive at seven thirty five. Eight o'clock hour will feature the Grow Lincoln team and the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. And then don't forget as well. Speaking of winning, uh, we are going to have fantasy Huskers keywords coming up at six thirty five and eight ten as we uh, have this entire season. Your chance to get a pick in and have a little extra something riding on the game. Maybe get yourself some gear and pizza from Alumni Hall and Valentino's, respectively. So those are uh, the things that we've got going on in, on the show today. Um, 
Mark, uh, we're starting out at 50 today. It looks like we probably have another day still before we get the cool down here. Uh, that we're, the cool down that goes even further, I should say. Although it is a little crisp out there this morning. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's nice sweatshirt weather. It is. Yep. So, yeah, still in the 70s today. Tomorrow is the day where it really feels like you get another step down. We took one step down already on the the descent into real fall weather. And then tomorrow we've got highs in the 50s. So you'll really feel it tomorrow. And uh, pretty breezy as well, both uh, Friday and into Saturday as well. And highs in either the upper 50s or low 60s. We're going to bottom out lows on Friday night. Right now, the low temperature Friday night is 35, so that's where we could flirt with a little a little frost. Maybe not a hard freeze there, but at least a little frost uh, on Friday night, maybe uh, into Saturday morning. So, got all of those things going on. Um, let's see. The first thing I want to get to, and, and, and Mark, you may have more, um, but I see that uh, the Lincoln Journal Star reporting here this morning that the Lincoln Bold Project, the high-rise project near the uh, near slash in the Haymarket in the capital city that there's been a lot of discussion about over the course of the last year uh, in terms of how it would look, in terms of how the construction of it would impact businesses that are surrounding it, in terms of uh, how TIF money should be used, a lot of discussion about kind of the policy surrounding it. Um, the project now is on hold. Hold is on, bold is on hold. That's essentially, the, yeah, the developers have put it on hold. It's right, not, it's, uh, and it all has to do with interest rates. Yeah. Uh, so Pat, Pat Sangimino reports this morning in the Lincoln Journal Star is as you said, Mark. Interest rates are so high right now. It's ju- they're just higher than when they when they first kind of conceived of this. It was a very different situation with interest rates, and that has changed the entire situation for them. So it's not a, we're not going to do it. It is a, we've got to wait until this is more favorably uh, favorable. Now, in, in Pat's article, the, the discussion from Steve Glenn, um, who, who was heading up the investment group along with uh, several others, is that it may be as soon, it sounds like it may be as soon as still early next year that they get going with this thing. So we're not talking... I mean, at least we're not talking for sure a huge multiple year break. It might be something where they're able to do it next year if those interest rates start to go down. But they're not on the schedule that they anticipated they would be with this thing. No, and inflation also, uh, you know, building costs are higher now than they were uh, when this was first yep. uh, conceived a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that that all works in and the math just doesn't work. Yep. And labor, building costs, uh, material costs, as you said, labor costs, all of that, in addition to those interest rates, uh, have have a big impact on this. So, and the the other question about this, and we had discussed this before, is it was originally discussed that it would be um, that it would outpace by I think just six inches the uh, lead place Some, apartments, yeah, something like that. just I mean just a few inches taller. They have looked at some scaled down plans for this too. Um, the hope is that they can go with the original plan, 254 feet, uh, 36,000 square feet of office space, 70 luxury, luxury apartments, 33 condos, um, and passing the lead place building to put it at number two in height for the city. Um, we'll see if that actually happens with this too. So 
But they they already tore down the gas station there, Mark. So. Right, and and of course, when that happened, then the Environmental Protection Agency and all of those groups, they've got to do uh, site confirmation that there's no hazardous material left in that area. Okay, that's, and I think that that has been completed. That's okay. So they're okay to do it on that end, but they got to wait till these interest rates go down. So no, uh, no luxury condo sky rise if you were. Anybody, you know, was planning on moving in, I got to take my Beatrice vacation home back off the market now, um, obviously, because I'm going to be staying in that a little bit longer than I thought. I just can't afford to have my lead, lead place penthouse, my Beatrice vacation home, and my bold, my pad at the bold, the bold uh, all condo. the time. I mean, interest rates are going up for me, too. It's not just Steve Glenn and company. You mean you, mean you just don't pay cash? <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, I, normally I like to, normally I like to, but it's affecting me in other ways. So I just may not have as many liquid assets as I typically have at this point. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> I, my, my, and I'm still making payments on my regular house too, and so. student loans, and <laughs> yes, and student loans. You were expecting to pay cash, but you didn't get the numbers last night. That's exactly right. Yeah, I didn't get the numbers. Well, you get another chance Saturday night. It's good. They're going to be, but, but if they're going to do this a couple more times. And by the way, if you don't know what we're referring to, Powerball did not get a winner again last night. And so now we're talking about one point four. One point four. Three more drawings here. Three more drawings where they don't get a winner, and they're just giving someone all the money in the world. That's what it is. No, that's it. Everybody's everybody's got to empty out their bank accounts. And just pass it along to the person who has the winning numbers. With well, hey, if, if nobody wins uh, in the next two, I think if I can win next Wednesday, I can afford to send my daughter to college for a year. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, or, yeah. Maybe, or maybe daycare. For, maybe even two years of daycare. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, man. I don't miss, don't miss figuring that stuff out <laughs> at all. So uh, so that's one of the big stories here this morning. Uh, Mark, do you have anything else that we well, need to I, add here? I, I got one, uh, a couple of locals, but the, yeah. the one on the national scene that has just really confused me, uh, of course, the craziness with the House of Representatives, but the uh, uh, Department of, uh, who's Alejandro Mayorkas? Uh, um, is that, that's is border, that border. DHS, uh, Homeland Security? Homeland Security. Yeah. Announced they're going to start building more walls. Oh, really? Yeah, another 17 miles. What a reversal from their past two and a half years of no border wall construction. So interesting. Uh, we'll have to see where that goes. But locally, uh, you remember, recall yesterday morning, both 6 and 6.30 newscasts, we talked about that motorcycle accident uh, just north of Cornhusker on West 1st Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, that rider died overnight. Oh. Uh, and uh, there was another crash, motorcycle crash. Uh, 25th and Randolph last night, motorcycle into a signpost. Uh, that rider hospitalized in uh, stable uh, with non-life-threatening injuries. But okay. The 28-year-old Lincoln man up there yesterday morning did die overnight, and uh, that was confirmed by uh, Captain uh, Dwayne Winkler this morning when we chatted with him. Okay. All right. And Mike Flood uh, was on the Dan Parsons show yesterday, and you can listen to that entire interview. Yeah, I heard your clip there. Yep. He's, uh, you can listen to that whole thing at KLIN.com. We'll have clips from he and Senator Ricketts. Uh, Senator Ricketts, uh, when his uh, media guy was here, oh, a few weeks ago, we suggested that he have a regular media call once a week, and he's been doing that. So. That's interesting. I know Flood put out a statement that we uh, that, that Chase had had on our website 
that a couple of days ago, this let's see, this came out, yeah, two days ago on the third, where Flood's statement was, we're, we need to restore Kevin McCarthy to the Speaker's office, um, which McCarthy doesn't want that at yeah. this point, so that's out. So now it's it's the next step of that whole thing, and uh, seeing who will who will get the support. Like I have no good sense. I don't really know. Like Mark, do you get the sense like if they uh, put Scalise up there, who seems to be someone that. Uh, that Gates at least likes, and maybe his group likes. Like, is that probably have support of everyone, or do we have no idea? I th- I think that's got the best chance. Jim Jordan might also as well, um, but there's a couple of other names being bantered about, and I, I just I don't know for sure. Yeah, that's, I just don't know where the I, I don't know exactly where the divisions begin and end within the party, and who what. Of the, which of those candidates would exacerbate those and which would not. And I don't know if Scalise... If, if these hardliners demand the same type of promises from whoever's in there that right. they promised of, of uh, Kevin McCarthy, I know. Uh, I don't think a speaker can promise that anymore. Oh, yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's the better question is exactly what they're going to require to kind of get the, the vote of those whatever eight nine seven eight nine people that are involved in that and and it was brought up to president trump yesterday when he was headed into court <laughs> he didn't deny the possibility but afterwards he said he wanted to concentrate full-time on running for president that's what i so, thought probably yeah, yeah. uh okay and, and when you talk to matt uh madchero from capital humane they've got a, a special adoption thing going this weekend Okay, that uh, this is uh, this is dog right for dogs, for right? Dogs, yeah, yeah. full up, full up on dogs. So, all right, well, we'll talk to Matt about that coming up here in about a little over a half hour uh, at the moment. Uh, Caleb, uh, sports world today. Uh, anything kind of new? We I know we heard a little bit from uh, Husker coaches again yesterday. Uh, anything? Anything new? Uh, Matt Rule uh, was hoping they were going to play a football game in Lincoln Friday. <laughs> But yeah. it, everything sounded like it came out. It's just fine. They're, again, just like their initial reaction, no interruptions to the game due to the fire that, that was a little bit at Memorial Stadium in Champaign where the Illini play. But Matt Matt Rule joked a little bit yesterday, said, eh, yeah. I was kind of hoping we are going to just move that game here. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> not, not, uh, not happening there. So Nebraska gets ready for Illinois for Friday nights. We're on game day eve now. No, Hey. Nobody's Nobody thinking about work the day before, before a Husker, Husker game. <laughs> uh, it's okay if you're thinking about work a little, but I just wanted to remind you it is the day before a Husker game. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that game tomorrow is a 7 o'clock kickoff pregame right here on KLIN starting in the afternoon on a Friday. Three. Well, FAC, Friday afternoon, starting at 3 o'clock. Uh, so there you go. We've got uh, we've got a big weekend here for the Huskers. A couple of volleyball games as well. So uh, that's what we got going on this morning. Uh, we'll grab a break right now. Caleb will be in with a full sports cast. Uh, then we'll get into our sound off here at six thirty-five. Delve into all of that. A lot of interesting stuff on the sound off today. Not just about what's going on in Washington D.C., but well beyond that as well. And then don't forget Generation Collaboration seven ten. Big day for the Boomers, potentially. Could this be the day where the Boomers take the lead in this thing for the first time? It could happen. Perhaps. Wouldn't take much. Wouldn't take much. So, also, somebody's going to win tickets to that Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert. 624 on KLIN. 
Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Ederson. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. It's time. Get those texting fingers ready. Or if you're like me, you're texting mouth ready. Voiced text over yeah. here. Yeah. Please never refer to it like that, though. <laughs> you shut your texting mouth. <laughs> you watch your texting mouth. Don't. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, just make sure you say it right if you uh, if you use your texting mouth. Uh, the keyword for pick number two four six seven seven of Fantasy Huskers. Orange. O-R-A-N-G-E. Orange. O-R-A-N-G-E. There, 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 there you go. Orange, sorry, I was in, it was going too fast. I know it has an E. Stop, You, you were stop. too excited. Stop. O-R-A-N-G-E. Yes. I'm not going to go to the tape because I, I, I know, know what I I heard. didn't say E the first time, but that didn't count. <laughs> because I thought in my head I was saying E and I knew it. So I know how to spell orange. I really wanted to get to saying how some people say it. Orange. 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 Naranja. Ah. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh yeah. You'd be, there's a lot of different ways you can say that word. Oran. Or, yes. Again, lots of different ways. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's, oh, Illinois bears orange. I was trying to figure out why we were doing orange. <laughs> Just figured it out. Ah, it's spooky season. Bright guy Halloween. over here. Halloween. Hey. Bright guy over here. Uh, yes, this is, uh, if you text that in, you may be the one who gets picked for Fantasy Oscars. What's Fantasy Oscars? a little draft we do every week about the game uh, on items related to the game. This week it is, you're drafting numbers. As to which, uh, what is the digit, the final digit of Nebraska's score, final score of the game? So they score uh, 35 points, your final digit is 5. Right? They score 23 points, your final digit is 3. They score 6 points, your final digit is 6. So uh, you're going to pick those, although there aren't too many left on the board. They dwindle every time someone makes a pick. Yep, you've only got two. Five, six, and nine remaining. Mm. So text 402-479-1400 with the keyword I've, orange. I think I'm going six out of those. I think I'm going six, but I'm not quite sure why. I don't know. I'm hoping it's not because six points is one of the reasons you might go over that. But I think that even I think that's a little low for this game. I think that's a little. And 16 is kind of a weird number. That's why I think I'd lean nine. Nine and go for 19? I'd go for nine. No, nine. Three field goals? Okay. <laughs> Three safeties and a field goal? Touchdown, missed extra point and a field uh, goal? All of those are possible, I guess. All right. Well, pick what you want. You don't have to pick, <laughs> pick what we want, what uh, we say. Uh, but we do have another one of these keywords coming up at 810 if you don't get the pick here. And then two during Friday. How's Cretillion tomorrow, 630 and 810? Thank you to Alumni Hall and Valentinos for partnering with us on Fantasy Huskers. Sound off. Let's go. Oh, that was kind of cool how I did that. Like it's some sort of like a military, like 10 hut. Sound off. You shut your texting mouth. Uh, we, uh, d- I don't know if you guys know, the House of Representatives does not currently have a speaker. 
of the of that of oh, that yeah? house. Yeah, does not have one currently, and so uh, they are beginning the process in earnest of selecting the new speaker. Let's find out a little bit about how that's going to go. House Republicans will hear from potential speaker candidates on Tuesday with a possible vote Wednesday. Montana Republican Congressman Matt Rosendale, one of the eight who voted to push Kevin McCarthy out of the speakership role, was asked by Fox's Neil Cavuto how he feels knowing he joined every single Democrat in the House. Oh, I feel redeemed now that immediately thereafter that we had several of the members that were standing up saying that they were interested in running for speaker uh, because they were for fear of retribution uh, were not able to do that back in January. Congressman Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise say they will run for the speakership. Others say they're considering it. Congressman Garrett Graves says there's no consensus candidate. He fears the House could be without a speaker for weeks. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. You know, I'm going to be really honest about something. When they had that House member from Montana speaking, I was not listening to the words that he said. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what his Montana accent (laughs) sounded like and if he had one. Because, And here's why. Here's why. For those of you, a lot of you probably have, have watched the show Yellowstone. They're all, it it takes place in Montana. They're all Montanans. uh, Or some people who came from other places. But all of the people who are from Montana talk like they're from, I think, Texas. I'm not sure. They all have a little bit of, they all have a southern drawl to it. And I want to know if people in Montana out on the ranch really all sound like they are from a southern ranch or if that's just a thing made for TV. So I, I don't know if the House member from Montana is the best place to gauge that, but mm-hmm. I had to check. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Did you? You shut your text and mouth. <laughs> uh, so who are the candidates? Who might this be? Well, there are some uh, some who are willing to willing to take it if they get the job. Who might that be? The list is, frankly, fairly streamlined, at least so far, with the exception of a couple of possible wild cards, including one rather notable wild card. Right now, Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan. They're thought to be the most favored among Republicans on Capitol Hill, with GOP Study Committee Chair Kevin Hearn also gaining some support, as is a non-member, former GOP Congressman and New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. And while other names will no doubt percolate in the days to come. The leading GOP presidential candidate, former President Donald Trump himself, is also getting plenty of support on the Hill among members. And why not, say backers? After all, the speaker need not be a member. You you know what I heard? uh, A theory. First of all, it's not happening. But a a theory that I heard that some some further on the left put forward said, hey, what uh, what if the Democrats could peel off a few votes and they would nominate Republican Liz Cheney to that spot if they could peel off just enough de- uh, Republican votes to vote with their entire caucus. <laughs> I and I was like, wow, I had not I had not thought of that one either. But nonetheless, I don't think that's happening. It'll, pro- I mean, it'll probably be Scalise. I assume they'll be able to figure that out. We'll see. We will see. All right, what else do we have going on today? Uh, as I as I mentioned. 
No Powerball winner last night. This thing is getting out of control, ladies and gentlemen. If you match Saturday night's winning numbers for the Powerball jackpot, you will definitely strike it rich. The grand prize is worth an estimated $1.4 billion. That's if you take the 30-year annuity. But most lottery winners opt for the cash payout, which will be nearly $644 million. And this is the first time back-to-back Powerball jackpots have topped $1 billion. The previous winner on July 19th was a single ticket in California. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Crazy. Crazy. You and that thing, Caleb, you could uh, cut a check to the Nebraska, Nebraska Athletic Department Fund and build the entire stadium, uh, do the entire stadium reconstruction with it and still have $200 million left to screw South around with. Memorial Stadium, South Stadium, presented by Caleb Henry. <laughs> I want, listen, Trev, I'm going to give you this check, but I want some naming rights on this thing. I want some big-time naming rights. Oh, you guys want to see those troughs go up for auction? I got you. <laughs> I want my name on everything in there. Well, like, how, how, how annoying would you have to be with your own naming rights for them to say no to the $450 million? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want my signature up in neon on the outside of the building, right? I would like to be the presenting sponsor for the field, Sir, that's named after Tom Osborne. <laughs> Tom Osborne Field, presented by <laughs> Caleb Henry. I'm going to need it, and I want it in cursive. Not just cursive. I want it in my signature. I don't care if it's legible. You know, I I, uh, I, I want to keep the N at the middle of the field, but I want that to be the N in my last name. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting road to go down. <laughs> Okay, how, I can, how I, you know what? I'm just gonna. Keep, you know what? That wouldn't work. Okay, I'll just keep this check. You know, I got a. I might go, go buy a yacht or something. That's fine. It's, it's fine. You guys don't want it. That's fine. I'll just. I'll go build the convention center or something. See if they'll put my name all over that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other things going on this morning. Uh, speaking of naming rights, it's a little bit different. Uh, but lawmakers in Florida are thinking after a uh, a very notable Floridian. Uh, or at least honorary Floridian, I don't know if he's originally from Florida, uh, passed away just a week or two ago, that maybe his name ought to be on one of their most famous highways. House Bill 91 would direct Florida's Department of Transportation to rename the Oceanside State Road A1A to... Wasting away again in Margaritaville. The Jimmy Buffett Highway. Buffett passed away last month at the age of 76. Flags placed at half-staff across Florida in the musician's honor... The Margaritaville singer actually had an album called A1A, which came in a period known as his Key West phase. Strolling down the avenue that's known as A1A. If approved, the proposed Jimmy Buffett Highway would stretch a wide section of Florida's coast from Key West to Jacksonville with markers commemorating Buffett's impact on the Sunshine State. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Do it. Do it. People would... People are people would just come to drive on that. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. By the way, I see. I think they they mentioned A1A being mentioned in a song in Jimmy Buffett songs. Also mentioned in a vanilla Vanilla Ice song. People forget Beachfront Avenue. Right. <laughs> yes, it definitely is the it definitely is the one piece of highway in Florida I'm most familiar with, <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, okay, other things going on. Hey, if you have been thinking about taking your family. 
to the Disney theme parks, but said these prices are outrageous. There's no way we're taking the whole family to the to this place. You were in Orlando recently, Caleb. Uh, Disney, yeah, we, we were going to need to win that Powerball. Yeah, you were going to need to win that Powerball. We're going to make it a little bit more doable for some families now they're uh they're hearing the backlash about how expensive this whole process is as theme park operators struggle to boost attendance back to pre-pandemic levels disney is getting in gear to offer kid-friendly discounts for customers looking to visit its u.s parks disneyland resort in california is planning to offer limited time tickets for kids ages three to nine for as low as 50 bucks a kid according to the wall street journal while disney world in florida is looking to slash the price of kids park tickets and dining plans by 50 percent with the purchase of a non-discounted four-night, four-day Disney travel package. Disney and other theme park operators like Six Flags and SeaWorld have grappled this year with sagging attendance as inflation continues to affect consumer spending. Hilary Barsky, Fox News. I didn't hear a whole lot of change in that. You know, I uh, yeah yeah right. Was it ridiculous? Did you look at them even? Were they ridiculous? Yeah, we we like we had made the decision knowing what the prices were that we were going to do non Disney things. Yeah, we still went to Disney Springs, which is kind of a, a free area down there, and you can still see a lot of Disney type things, but it's not one of the parks right. where where you're in everything. Yeah, it was. It's a couple hundred bucks a person. Yeah, it, it, like our daughter was two. She wouldn't even remember it. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, hey. We're going to go do the ocean. We're going to go do these free things, kind of these other experiences, because she's she's not going to remember seeing yeah. Goofy. I right? just realized. My daughter, who's 13, she, I don't think she's ever expressed a desire to go someplace like that that I know of. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I never really offered it to her. I never asked her. Don't. Not going to now. But anyway, right. yeah, I think I might have got completely out of that hole. But what was one of them where of there was, uh, it was 50% off, but... You have to have the all-inclusive four day, right. four night. And right. Like, okay. Well, you're already. I'm a few, sure that you're, you're a few grand in. What is it? You're probably paying you're... for some princess breakfast every morning yeah. and that that type of situation. Well, you know who could afford it? The richest Americans on the new Forbes list, which just came out. So, and since I didn't win last night, I'm not on this list. Right. There you go. The 400 people on the Forbes list this year make their fortunes across all types of businesses. However, the list continues to feature many familiar faces at the top. The collective value of those on the 400-member ranking saw a roughly 12.5% increase compared to the previous year. The oh, top good. spots went to the same men as last year. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk taking the crown with a net worth of $251 billion, while Amazon founder Jeff Jeff Bezos is second with a net worth of 161 billion bucks. Larry Ellison, co-founder of Oracle, comes in third, while 93-year-old Warren Buffett, longtime CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, notched the fourth spot. And Google co-founder Larry Page is number five. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. It's actually crazy how many you go down this thing, how many of them you know. So so uh Musk, Bezos, Ellison is Oracle, then Buffett for Page from Google, Bill Gates. This one you might not know, Sergey Brin, uh, Google, then Zuckerberg, Steve Ballmer of Microsoft, Michael Bloomberg, Michael Dell of Dell Computers, and then we've got Jim Walton, Rob Walton, Alice Walton, that would be Walmart, then we've got uh, Julia Koch and family, that would be, and then Charles Koch and family, next after her, uh, and then we've got Phil Knight, Nikes, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to go down a ways till it's people you really don't know. 19 is Jacqueline Mars. That's candy. So that's Mars, M&M Mars, John Mars, Jacqueline Mars, uh, Mackenzie Scott from Amazon. 
I'm trying to see if there's any like uh, surprise. There's some more Wal. Uh, there's some more Waltons on there. Here's something wild for trying you. To find- Rupert Murdoch at 40th. You're looking at the top of the list, right? Yeah. Jerry what, Jones, 48th. What do you think it costs? Where, what do you think someone is at to be in the top 400? Um, well, I'm looking at the top, which is about $14 billion, So Yeah, that, that top's not going to tell you anything where the bottom is. The bottom is probably about $5 billion. 2.9 to get billion. on the list. So you're halfway there if you win the, uh, in principle, you're halfway there if you win the Powerball. Ish. I understand the lump right, sum right, is but, like but, yeah. six hundred million, but, but still, yeah, you're a lot. All right, you're a quarter. Of, you're a little under a quarter of the <laughs> way there. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to win this thing a couple times. We got a lot of sport. Okay, yeah. There's Jerry Jones, as I said. I'm trying to see if like Oprah's on here or anyone like that. As I go go down this whole thing, um, yeah, I don't see anybody anybody else that more. Mar- I did not realize there were so many Marses like. Of the candy group. There's so many of those and so many Walmart people on here, too. Holy Mark, cow. Mark Cuban, 211th. Wow. Really? 211th? Char- actual Charles Schwab. Charles Actual Schwab is 92nd. <laughs> Charles A. Schwab. The actual one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. You George can... Lucas, 227. Okay. David Geffen, 114. Uh, record producer, long Steven, time. Steven Spielberg, two thirty-eight. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Did you find? A, where's Oprah? She's got to be in on this list somewhere, right? Let's see. No, it doesn't come up when I search her. Maybe not. I thought She's she would not, be not on page two. So bad. Uh, sorry, Oprah. All right. Uh, let's see. Should we, have, should we do one more? Or are we done? Uh, yeah, we should probably be done. All right, we are done. That's fine. <laughs> Six fifty-three. I just overprepare. I just overprepare. J. Joe Ricketts and family. Oh yeah, three twenty-six. Okay, number three, three twenty-six. Three point five of a billion. Just hanging on there. Trump, do, we, do we find Trump? Is he on there? I didn't even. If you search it, I didn't see uh, his name. No, it one you you won't see Donald Trump. Okay, His fortune fell to two point six billion. Oh, dropped off for the second time in three years. Interesting. All right, we'll take a break. Six fifty four. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. To the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, time to say hello to Matt Metchow from the Capital Humane Society and find out uh, about the pets that are up for adoption this week. Maybe a couple of them. We'd love for you to go out and check them all out. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How are yourself? I'm good. Tell us about uh, the pets that you're featuring this week. So first off, we have Shadow, and Shadow's a three-year-old husky neutered male, and he's black and white in color. He's got blue eyes and weighs about 53 pounds. He was surrendered to us. Previous family landlord wouldn't allow them to keep him any longer, so they turned him over to us. Uh, He's done really well in playgroups here at the shelter, so if you have any other uh, dogs at home, he'd probably do really well with them. And so right now we actually have over 110 dogs in our care. So uh, adoption fees on all dogs that are five months and older are reduced by 50% now through Sunday. Okay. All right. Something to think about if you've been considering doing that. And uh, what else do we have this week? 
And then we got Pooh. So Pooh's about three and a half years old. He's a domestic short hair neutered male, and he's a brown black tabby. And he's a big boy. He's 14 pounds. He was also surrendered to us. Previous family was moving, and they weren't going to be able to keep him any longer. So they brought him to us and told us he's lived with other cats. So if you have uh, other cats at home and with proper introductions, he'd probably do well with a, a feline friend or two. All right. Very good. For people who want to make an adoption, especially now with uh, with that special deal going on for dogs, what should they know? So we're open at the Pilot Pet Adoption Center today and tomorrow from 1130 to 7 and Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. And, uh, you know, just come on out. Uh, we'd love to have you out. And we're out at 70th and Nebraska Parkway. All right. Very good. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks so much. And we will check in with you again next week. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. There you go. There's Matt Mencharo from the Capital Humane Society. Uh, real quick, one other one I noticed during the break on the uh, Forbes 400. Michael Jordan makes it for the first time. The first ever professional athlete ever to make the Forbes okay. 400. Yeah. Ne- he made it for the first time this year, and there's never been a, a professional athlete uh, that is that has made it, apparently, according to Forbes. So, Shoe, interesting. Shoes and a little bit of the Bobcats. Yeah, that was going to say. Bob. Yes, the, the all the Nike brand stuff and the Bobcats. Yeah, I if, think. if you own a sports franchise, those valuations continue to just rise. Um, and getting close to the list, Kim Kardashian, $1.7 billion. Little ways off still, but $1.7 billion. <laughs> I remember as, as you were looking that up, what was it? Was, what was it? Titled, it was like billionaires too poor. Yeah, to make that was that's the headline I'm looking oh at right now. Jay Z, Tim Cook, Kim T- Kardashian, the American billionaires too poor to make the Forbes 400 <laughs> list, and Donald Trump is on that list too. Too, too poor, poor to make it. I mean, just to give you an idea. Like that's so Kardashian, Trump, they're all they're all like what two, uh, you know, two, three, four, five billion on there, right? Elon Musk is two fifty one billion. $251 billion to give you an idea of what kind of a difference we're talking about here. Incredible. All right, uh, coming up, we're not going to make you a billionaire, but we might get you some tickets to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You can feel like it. And winning generation collaboration feels like $251 billion, I would say. Many are saying. Money can't buy everything, including a championship for generation collaboration for your generation. There are three weeks left to get the boomers, the millennials, or the Gen Xers in the lead. And today is going to be a big part of that. So listen for the cue to call coming up here at 710. Partner up with the show member of your generation and maybe win you some tickets to a concert. 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Familiar for traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, in the new scoring system for Generation Collaboration, it's tight. Millennials are 40 and 2. Uh, where we score, we have a scoring system by question rather than by round. Millennials are 40 and 2. Uh, boomers would be second in percentage, not far behind, 33 and 2. And uh, Gen X has, is 34 and 3. Oh my gosh, I'm still, still does not have to be 3. That should be 2 there. 
Oh, oh, <laughs> but the sad. buggles. Anyway, <laughs> you're gonna be so hung up on that. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, everybody is really still alive. We have determined that we are gonna play through the month of October. Take next week <laughs> off because Mark will be gone. So three Thursdays, including today, left. So at stake today. We got one pair. We have just one pair of them. Just of the one pair. All right. So the first person who wins uh, gets those Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets. If you want to play for your generation after that, you are welcome to if you would like to. Or if, gonna, you, if you want to give tickets to somebody else or if already, you, got, already yeah, got tickets. Yeah, that's what we seem to have a lot of times, too, for whatever reason. All right. Uh, first up today is John. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Uh, what generation? Well, I'm... I'm basically, I'm a I'm a Z, but I identify as a as an X. Wait, a Z that I identify. Wait, yeah. what year yeah, were you yeah. born? I'm 80, 81, 81 actually. 81. All right, okay, so so. You're a Y, but you would identify as an X, is what you're saying. There you go. There you go. You confused us. I was like, "Wait a minute! You're a millennial, so you're an X. You're a young X. That's great. That's good. I need I need some points. Uh, All right, you're in my group. All right, let's go X's. We haven't played. We didn't get to play all of last week. Oh, I don't like that sound at all. I I do. I do. Uh, What's the question? A classic 1976 song by Blue Oyster Cult lends the advice. Don't fear the Reaper. What? Reaper. Reaper. Yeah. More yeah. cowbell. Ding, ding, ding. Come <laughs> yeah, on. I got you. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. being imprisoned for 27 years, this South African anti apartheid leader was released in 1990. You got it, John? Uh, I think so. Uh, I got it if you don't. It's Nelson Mandela. There you go. Nelson Mandela. Yep. What, right. what popular 90s teen star earned an Emmy for her role in Dexter? Oh no! Ooh. 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 Oh Ooh. no! Uh, I don't know uh, who's in Dexter. I didn't ever watch Dexter. I mean, I know it exists, but what popular nineties? Is, is it is it, it Emery? Uh, Julie Emery? I, that very well could be. I don't. I don't know. But if that's the only name we have, we better go with it. I don't. I, you want to go with that, John? Yeah. All right. I, I think that's Emery. John, I'm sorry. No, no. Close. What was it? Julia Stiles. Oh, Julia. Could Emery be her maiden name? It's not on the or card. married name. It's, no, you're done. Oh, Julia Stiles. Was she a '90s? She wasn't. Uh, kind of. I don't. Hey, I'm I, just. I, man, one. that was uh, Dexter. That's not a Gen X thing. Come on. <laughs> I am unhappy with that card. Criminy. Well, that puts Gen X at loss number four. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? The, the big thing is he probably he probably was in the swing years enough that he could have went millennial with that, but he didn't. And he instead went with me. And now we got an L. All right. Back to the phones. X's are quickly playing themselves out of this season. Scott, what generation? Jack, I'm a Twitter. I mean I'm an X. <laughs> I'm a tw- tw- Twitter. Ah, I, get, I get the joke. Oh, I, I get, get it. it. Hey. Good one. All right. All right. I got a chance to. Whew, I got a chance to uh, atone for that. All right. What is Arnold's signature question posed to Willis on different strokes? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? The 1986 film Sid and Nancy chronicles the life of a musician from what rock band? Oh, I don't know. 
They were the drug. Oh my gosh, Sid Vicious. Uh, which punk band was that? Uh, was it the Sex Pistols? Oh crap. Uh, mm, I should. It's. It, God, they were really adi- addicted to drugs. You know, blah blah blah. I don't think that narrows it down. Uh, <laughs> it's Sid Vicious. I'm gonna. Uh, dang it! I hope this is right. I'm gonna say the Sex Pistols. What about let's you? Go with that. Okay. Yeah, yep. let's go with that. Boom! All right. Boom! <laughs> this widely recognized Roman Catholic nun and missionary known for her charity work passed away in 1997 at 87 years old. Mother Teresa. Boom. What computer operating system franchise was launched in 1985? Oh, computer operating franchise in 85. Windows wouldn't have been there in 85 yet. Would it have been... Could it have been like DOS? Could it have been Linux? Could it have been whatever Mac Mac uses? Computer operating system. What computer operating system franchise was launched in 1985? Did you say franchise? Say that again, one more time. What computer operating system franchise was launched? Franchise. So so that's probably Microsoft then, I bet. Don't you think? Let's go with Microsoft. Okay, Microsoft. It's actually Microsoft Windows was their full name. So They didn't put out a Windows until later, though. Yeah, they did. All right. They had 98 was their second or third one. Yeah, they did 95, too, but that was 80. All right, whatever. I got it right. I got it right. This one's a no-brainer. Morrissey is the vocalist for what Manchester band? Uh, The Smiths. Let's go with that. Yeah, it's the Smiths. Okay. I just wanted to leave it hanging. You said that was a no-brainer? What are you talking about? I didn't know that one. <laughs> Mark, that's not a no-brainer. Morrissey. Said, All right. I said uh, it's a no-brainer. It, is that five of them? That's five of them. All right. Uh, should we go millennials or boomers for our extra point question here to get the win? Uh, this is I'm huge. an older ex. Let's go with boomers. Okay. I think. That's fine. That's fine. I'll do either. Let's do boomer. <laughs> uh, stop On laughing. what TV no. show did Goldie Hawn gain international attention? Oh, prob- Laugh-In. Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Oh, yeah! Baby, the X is a That's a victory! We did it, Scott. Good job, man. Uh, you want to take us to that Trans-Siberian concert? Sure, All right. Absolutely. We got them for you. Hang tight. We'll get your info. And you are a winner. X's make up for the lost question and get a win there. It feels good. We need more of them, but we got one. Now, I'm going to keep the phones open. Oh, look who's playing next. <laughs> keep the phones open. We gave away the tickets, but but you still can win for your generation. And we still have oh, we still have about seven minutes, eight minutes. We can keep doing this if uh, people want to. So Chris Nolatha is first. And I know. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? Good morning, Jack. So, I'm doing good. We're, I got I to gotta win. Without you. Did you hear? Yeah, I heard it. You also got a lot, so let's, let's go. <laughs> Jeez, thanks for accentuating the positive for our team here. I need a positive attitude. This is like a, a Matt Rule I'm situation here. All right. I'm ready to go. All right, let's go, Mark. Another round of X's. Wow, I'm under the gun here today. Uh, I did none last week, and now I'm doing all of them. Before his romance with Pamela Anderson, rocker Tommy Lee was attached to this dynasty actress. Um, uh, Was it? Would it have been... Crap, would it have been Heather Locklear? Would have been Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear, who then ended up with Richie yeah. Sambora. Uh, Heather yeah. Locklear. Boom. 
Oh, I'm 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 in a groove right now, guys. A popular song in stadiums, the Ramones Blitzkrieg Bop, begins with what chorus? Oh God! Oh, probably uh, Hey Ho, Let's Go, right? Hey Ho! Yeah, that's it. Hey Ho, Let's Go! Hey, ho. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's like the rim is twenty feet wide right now, and I'm bombing threes. Despite its name, the wearer of this garment need not belong to an exclusive group. Oh, uh, uh, members only jackets. Yep. It's Casey Tomanaga time from half court for me right now. <laughs> Holy cow. Michael Keaton plays a stay-at-home dad in this movie. Michael, Mr. Mom. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mister Mom. Yeah, good job. And he's a Yankee known as the Hitman. Who did they call the Hitman? The, in what? Yankee, a New York he, Yankee called the Yankee. Oh, Mattingly. They called Matt, oh, Mattingly. I thought it was Donnie Baseball is what I would have called him. All right, there's another five. Uh, I think we should go with millennials, but it's up to you for the extra point. I think point. we should go with millennials. All right, yes. we're going with millennials, Mark, for the extra point. What egg-shaped device or game released by the toy maker Bandai in 1996 oh, geez. allows you to take care of a digital pet? Hmm. Oh, oh. Stupid millennials! Ah. I cannot. You guys had the dumbest toys. <laughs> you had a rock. Are you kidding? That me? was him. That was not me. You, I was, I. I still got it. <laughs> you got, you went too what low. What were those called? Tama, Some, Webkins. Tama Webkins. Go, Tama, was it that Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi thing. Uh, uh, Tamagotchi is what's coming in my okay. head. Okay. What's a Webkin? Is that a thing? A Webkin. I don't know what a Webkin is. <laughs> but the egg thing was like this. I don't know, digital pet thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, right. But it was called Tamagotchi. Okay. It's called a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. You're Tam- close. I'll give it to you. It's Tamagotchi. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's gotchi, okay. But- <laughs> Play Eddie. Let's go. Where's my music? <laughs> the mispronunciation means the, that's all you get. The X's <laughs> are on fire today. <laughs> Chris, we did it. Thank you. The X's appreciate all your right. service. Oh, my goodness. Oh, holy cow. All of a sudden, things are getting very interesting. Very interesting. But I need somebody else to get an L is what I need more than anything right now. Which, uh, you got it? All yep. Right. We got Charlie. Charlie. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm good, Jack. All right. All right. Uh, which, uh, which generation? Remind me. I'm a boomer. Yeah. Okay. Boomers. Here we go. That means I get asked the questions, right? Nope. Oh, nope. It's you. You, you've never I, once in the history of this game I asked the boomer questions. I'm so I'm so filled with the <laughs> the drunkenness of victory right now. It's hard to even think. All right, here we go for Charlie and Mark. Known for hits such as "All I Have to Do Is Dream" and "Bird Dog," brothers Don and Phil made up this musical duo. Everly. 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 Everly brothers. Everly brothers. There you go. From. Uh, from Iowa. Oh, no you. bonus points, but good information. Lieutenant Commander. They were that good then. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Quentin McHale was played by Oscar winning actor Ernest. Oh my God. Help me. Okay. <laughs> What's the television series? McHale's Navy. McHale's Navy, yeah. Thank you for the I help. I have no idea on these. Jeez. The first two seater sports car was introduced by Chevrolet in the 1960s and was called what? Ooh, I should, in the sixties. Two seater sports car oh, that's by gotta be Chevrolet. Cor- that's gonna be a Corvette, isn't it, Charlie? Oh, uh, I think they introduced that in the fifties, but Chevy Corvair, maybe, or the Chevy Camaro. 
Maybe it's no, that wasn't a two seater. No, the Corvair wasn't either because they even had four door Corvairs. Also, they exploded. I'm, I guess we have to go with the Corvette. I thought that they had 50 Corvettes that were made in the 50s. Well, you're right because it was Corvette in the 60s. All right. There you go. Even though right. even though the asterisk may be there, you're right. All right. Wow. He served as Nixon's first vice president. Oh, God. Uh, Agnew. Spiro Agnew. Agnew. Spiro Agnew. And which film legend produced and directed 2001 A Space Odyssey? Ooh. 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 That was, that was in the late 60s, wasn't it? Uh, no, 2001 A Space Odyssey was in the 70s, I, I believe. But who, can you read it again? Which film legend produced and directed 2001 A Space Odyssey? The only one I can think of, and I'm having a hard time with his uh, first name, uh, Kubrick or Kubik? Kubrick. Oh, Stanley Kubrick? That's the only one I can think of. Or John Carpenter, one of the two. I'll, I'll let you. Go with, what do you I'm want to go with? with John Carp- Carpenter. All right, John Carpenter. Oh, no! Stanley Kubrick. Oh, no! Mark, now we both had one. Yeah. Now we Stanley Stanley Kubrick is the buggles of movie directors. (laughs) I don't think that's how that works. 2001 A Space Odyssey is the video kill the music star of movies about the future. Was that in the 70s or the 60s? I assume it was the 70s. I don't know. Google it. Uh, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Not that it matters. Uh, Let's see. Let me look it up. Uh, That came out in... Uh, a movie in 1968. Ooh. Okay. 1968. Um, if we go quickly, out. I didn't grab the name on this, but oh, if we go quickly, we can get one last All one right. in. Who do we have on the phone? Who is this? You're on the air. Brett. Brett. Oh, <laughs> hi, Brett. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. I hope you weren't listening to the last uh, no, two no, minutes. I heard. Or... I heard. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were listening. This is awkward. All right. All so, right. We so can... Normally, you have a little bit of thinking time. We'll have to move this one All along right, a little good. quicker. Good. Then Brett can't okay. help me out of anything. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Which con- uh, iconic vocalist is known for fronting the band Culture Club? Uh, and, uh, Culture Club's Boy George. Boy George, yeah. Considered to be the most watched television series in the world, what drama has a plot that revolves around the dangers faced by a group of California lifeguards? The most in the world is Baywatch, but I did not know that about that. That's weird. (laughs) Introduced in 1982, these leafy dolls became one of the most popular Uh, toys of the day. Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. It's 1984 film follows a rural religious cult that wants to kill off all the adults in town to ensure a successful harvest. Children of the Corn. Boom. Boom. In Washington State, which base, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. In Washington yeah. State, which volcano erupted in 1980? Yeah. Uh, uh, millennials, give us millennials. Um, who developed sixdegrees.com, the first ever social media platform? Oh no! Oh. Sixdegrees.com. It's like no, m- no idea. M- Mark Cuban, maybe. Crap. Oh, I have. I, I don't think no it was clue. Zuckerberg or any of those guys. For some reason, I want to say Mark Cuban, but I don't know if that's right. All right, do you want to just who? Do you have, what, what do you want to go with, Brett? Yeah, go with Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Mm. Ah, was and, Andrew Weinrich. That does not count is. against you, though. I don't know who that is. That's all right, Brett. That's all right. We did all right. 
Millennials remain in first, 952 win percentage. Gen X now in second, 932. Boomers, 925. Big day for the X's, even though I took two L's. Big day. Charlie would have uh, gone with me on the bonus. I know. Yeah, you'd have been fine. You won't stop thinking about it. I can tell you from experience. You'll (laughs) toss and turn at night for a couple of weeks. Just expect it. It's 726 on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all the work. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's start counting them down today. We're going to begin with number five. High interest rates and increased inflation costs has put the Lincoln Bold Project on hold for a time, according to that uh, San Gamino in the uh, Lincoln Journal Star. Yeah, um, he talked front page uh, news news there with uh, Lincoln Bold product, pro- Project, I should say, talked to Steve Glenn heading up the investors, and they basically said, look, when we started this whole thing, interest rates just weren't where they are now and so obviously the planning for it looked a little bit different at that point and so we need to wait in hopes that interest rates are going to go down hoping that materials rates continue to go down as well and that's going to make it feasible now when in, in pat's article steve made it sound like it may not be a huge wait judging on what the fed might do with interest rates and how um those will trickle down into the economy essentially so he was i mean he even said at one point it might be like Early to mid twenty twenty four, so that I think part of I that, wouldn't even thought that would I might have thought that's when they were regularly starting to be honest. So well, I, I would think that if that's the case, I mean, interest rates are not going to come down that much by mid twenty twenty four. That was what but, he, he seemed hopeful that well, that might happen. <laughs> but I think the, the numbers might work if they reconfigure the project a little bit, maybe to, you know, a little smaller project, borrowing less money. Maybe then the numbers start to work. I don't know. We've 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 got to call in to find out more details. Yeah, that's they because the original plan, right, was to make it the second tallest building in the city in downtown uh, Lincoln. By almost, uh, you know, a mispronunciation of a name. <laughs> yeah, not by, that much. By yeah, by by a foot. Um, obviously, behind the state capitol. But that may that could be one way is that you make you scale down a little bit on what they were hoping because um, it was 254 feet, 36,000 square feet in office space, 70 luxury apartment units, 33 condos, uh, and uh, like like I said, the second tallest building. So there's a possibility they've discussed that. There's hope that they go with the original plan. Now, one thing about this, Mark, to think about is, do you remember back? Boy, it was last winter. There was all the discussion about whether or not the project should be essentially allowed because of the impact on businesses in the area. And there was a ton of discussion about that, that there would be, uh, that they would be giving rides to people there, right? And yep, so the they could go into parking. the parking garage, valet parking. And there was a lot of controversy uh, within the business community local to that area. Nonetheless, uh, they got the TIF money. They're, they were Everything was a green light to go forward with it at that point. So you had these businesses that were basically preparing uh, for the change to come, right? The construction to start and, and their dis- impact. The entire disruption. Though. I mean, it's going to disrupt a lot. Yeah. And, and so now that timeline changes for them, right. too, is another thing to keep in mind that it will probably happen, you know, months later than they expected it to. And 
uh, will happen during different times of year. I don't know how long a project like that takes to to do. I don't know enough about construction to, to know what that well, is. But uh, uh, One project that's, what, about four or five blocks north of there is expected to take almost two years at Hotel. As parts of uh, those lanes on 9th Street, Southbound, okay. are, are closed till mid-2025. Right. Well, and Lead Place, I, I don't know what the timeline, what that was, but uh, it, was, it, was it was a long time. A long time. <laughs> it, it, it took, obviously, for, for something that big and that significant. So, we'll see. It may be uh, maybe a little bit longer. So, if you're planning on locking up one of those condos, I'm sure they'll still... You know, get your name down on the list to get one of them, but you sure. might not be living there soon. And, and you know, the, you there there could be additional capital come in if they are able to sell more condos and not have to borrow as much. That's true too. There's a lot of things that could change between now and construction starting. I'll take one of those apartments as my party pad for 250 bucks a month. Take it or leave it. They'll leave it. All right, listen. I'm just trying to help you build the Ooh. thing faster. Yep. To 275 final offer. Plus free cable. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Journal stars Margaret Reist. Wasted away again in Margaret Reistoville. She's got an article. The city union is not going to ask for an intervention on their uh, contract with the city. Mm. The agreement that was passed this past Monday, they're just going to let it go into effect. And... uh, Start negotiations in February. So they could have went to the. Oh my gosh, I forgot the CIR. We remember when we was that it was about eight years ago that we were talking about the CIR constantly and reformation of the CIR, the Commission on Industrial Relations. That's where like the appeal would have gone to, correct? Right, correct. Yeah, it essentially would have gone there. Committees. So I mean, apparently they were close enough to what they wanted to get done that they just said, "Hey, we'll get it done in the next contract." Essentially, uh, the, uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. So, all right. So the any labor strife that was happening there is now over with the city council's vote on that, and uh, we'll try it again next year. Number three. You know, I was really hoping I didn't have to ever do another COVID nineteen story, but this one we've uh, had it in the news this morning. But the health department announced a change yesterday in their vaccination rules. Uh, if you have any type of health insurance, uh, you're on your own. They'll only be providing vaccines to uh, uninsured, underinsured, and children on Medicaid. Okay. Right, because it used to be that when they had the, the city clinics, the very, boy, remember the very original ones when they had the big ones at oh, Pinnacle yeah. Bank Arena? Yeah. It's all that. I, I, I still remember things that I just, I forgot about those big Pinnacle Bank Arena vaccination drives, and they had, uh, the city did those, and there was no charge for those, essentially. Um, and so just to clarify now, when the city does that, it will only be for a select group of people. Um, you probably will have to have proof that one of those situations. Um, and, and the reason that they're doing it is that mo- people who do have insurance, this is going to be covered by insurance yeah, the, generally. The, so The feds uh, really are, are driving this move. They're saying it's more just part of your normal health care now to right. be vaccinated. So it, it would be, yeah, it would be the same way that you, yeah. That you would go to if you get if you get it. I know some of you won't want to get it, but if you get it, going to right the most people go to maybe a drugstore or, or wherever it is. It's so, basically the same as as the flu vaccine now, right? Yeah, the, I guess yeah the way that you would have you would have done that. So, just a reminder uh, for people who are looking to get it. All right, number two, used to up on West O, and your first in West O is not a drive-through. Uh, although it was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. We have another one? Yeah. 
put it on the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet I haven't updated in like 10 years. but I was like, that spreadsheet predates me by a lot. Uh, you, yeah. I don't uh, think it ever existed uh, to be. No, I did. Make, I did. By the way, there's a car. When cars drive into vehicles, I did go back for like five years and got all the data on every car into car into vehicle situation. What about car into building? Or car into building? Thanks for the fact check. Appreciate it as usual. Uh, <laughs> car into car into building. But uh, did you see the uh, picture of this one, Mark? Yeah, this one's Woo. way in there. This is the one over like uh, near on West O, right? Yep. On U-Stop? First and, and West O. Yeah. yeah. It went right through the entrance, like right through the front doors. Yeah, we uh, Stephen checked with uh, LPD this morning about that, and it was on private property. No one was injured, so police don't even have to write a report on it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I believe that's, yep. Yeah, that's. That's uh, correct. That's interesting. Hmm. So it's. There you go. So there it is. So they probably are going to get the how many? I mean, how many buildings in Lincoln have had that? It's become a common sight now in Lincoln. The old plywood up, yeah, where a car has run into a building. I can name. I mean, you're not really a building in Lincoln until you've had plywood up at some point, trying to stay open after uh, after a car ran into you. We had the bank up here on what North 48th or on North 27th earlier this summer. Right, right. I mean. Um, the Moose's Tooth and Cole's Multiple Pharma- times. Cole's Pharmacy, yep. Oh. Vows to go out on North 70th at one point. A dude drove yep. in and ordered pizza from his car. There's after our he did uh, it. thriving industry to ask the Girl Lincoln team about. Plywood. And the uh, Lee's Chicken had one. Lee's, Chick, Lee's Chicken. Uh, Walgreens on 70th Street had one. Uh, I mean, I'm forgetting. And, and Wasn't it the, the clock shop there on, on uh, Old Cheney and uh, 40th? Uh, 48th had one? Yeah, yeah a couple so. at City Clock. They had one. And, uh, that building across Kitty Corner from the uh, City County building. Uh, it used to house Endicott Pizza and Timmer Law Firm. That had one. That, they had one. Barnes & Noble had one. I'm going way back. Barnes & Noble had one a while back. A long time back. Like I said, it's good. It's good. Uh, uh, pol- former Police Chief Tom Cassidy used to always... He always used to try and correct me. I told him, I think Lincoln has per capita the most cars into buildings collisions of anywhere in the nation. And he told me he didn't think so. He thought it was a very normal level. And so, agree to disagree on that one. I don't know what is considered a normal level for vehicles into buildings. I feel like we're reporting one about, it'll get hot too. They come in, they t- they come in groups at some points. So you'll go a few months without hearing one, and then you'll hear... Six of them over three weeks, it feels like. Well, last February, I had a, a service van into my garage door. Oh, did you? <laughs> that doesn't count, but... I hey. Well, the garage door came down, and it was plywood well, for four months. Hey, I had my own car into my garage door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was... Uh, that was a fun one to call in to the uh But did your the door, garage door come down? Or just it didn't, no, it didn't come down. Mine but, came clear down. Oh, jeez. Holy cow. Yikes! All right, yeah, plywood. Better get that. Better get that bold Lincoln project built before all the plywood in Lincoln is taken up. <laughs> Number one. Oh. Well, yesterday at Zion Church, friends and family gathered in celebration of life for longtime Lincoln Morning Radio host on B one zero seven three and our co worker Jenna Sherwood Klein. She passed away last week, and we continue to send our condolences to her family and her husband Rick. 
who eulogized her yesterday in a, a very yeah. uh, fun and uh, warm and loving. It was eulogy. so good. Um, and when Rick's going through a just an incredibly difficult time, I wish everybody who um, who who knew Jenna at all, who listened to her, could have heard uh, the way Rick eulogized her yesterday. Really, kind of went through her bio, and I was learning things. I mean, I I worked alongside her here from. 2006 when I started uh, in the mornings all the way until she retired here at B in 2021. So just two years ago uh, when when she retired. And even I learned a thing and things about her. But man, she was Lincoln through and through. Lincoln through and through from the beginning, growing up here, going to school here, going to Lincoln Southeast. uh, Classmates with Stu Kearns of uh, Pastor Stu Kearns of Friendly Fire, who was um, who was the efficient for it yesterday and I at thought, Zion? And I thought Pastor Stu had one of the most uh, compelling and uh, worthwhile uh, short messages after Rick's eulogy. Very moving. Yeah, he he did a great job, and he was he. They were close friends. They they were close friends as well, and she had tons of them. Yeah, in they the went city. to middle school together. Yeah, all the way down all the way down to middle school. And then you know, University of Nebraska, and and people who don't people may not know this. She, she got on the air. At at uh, B1073 at her sister station because she was essentially she won a contest to go on the air with them she, for an hour. She bought it. She yeah, it was a like a charity option. Yep. Buy an hour. She went in, uh, went on with with uh, J. Pat Miller at the time. Apparently, did a great job. They then used her as a correspondent in 2001 at the Rose Bowl when Nebraska went to the Rose Bowl and played Miami. She traveled down there with Rick, called in throughout the trip and gave updates. And she did so well at that, that the uh, management here at, at uh, Broadcast House said, you know what, they had a vacancy there after the previous co-host left. They said, we got, we're got we going to get her, and they hired her. And I'll tell you what, like, in all seriousness, I was talking to Rick about this yesterday, her husband. I don't think I'm here in this seat right now, just, just finished my 17th year here. I don't think I'm here if Jenna didn't come here, because... They took a chance on her with someone who had no radio background whatsoever, and it worked out great for them. She was fantastic. And a couple years after that happened, uh, then then uh, same management decided to take another chance on me at that time. Um, and she's somebody that I try and she, she's somebody that I really try and duplicate her passion for the city. She just did an incredible job. Whether it was working for what was called up downtowners, then volunteering at things. She was all she was working for the uh, city uh, chamber of commerce now, doing stuff uh, for that. Lincoln through and through. And Link, and uh, Rick told, told about how much she loved the Star City Parade. Star you, City Parade, I associate with her. Yeah, that's a great point. Old old events they used to have, July Jam they used to be in Lincoln front and center. With that sort of stuff, too. Yeah, that's a great point. And the other thing that was kind of cool yesterday is you had a group of group of people with that worked here in this building with her over over those 20 years, many of whom are no longer here uh, working here, some of which are not in radio anymore, some of which are at other radio stations, and all got together yesterday. I posted a big picture of it, so you'll see people in that picture from... All of the radio groups here in town, or most of the radio groups here in town, in the same picture, in a room together that really never would have happened um, for any other reason other than Jenna getting us together. So, uh, but but prayers out to Rick again and, and for her family. And I know it's got to be an incredibly, incredibly tough time. And even this time after the memorial, 
starts to set in, too. I understand that, too. So uh, we wish the best for him. But, boy, did he do a great job yesterday. We'll leave it at that for the morning drive. It is 7.54. It was brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Your home for Husker football is 1499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, Grow Lincoln team, Dave Alvers, Robin Eshleman. Uh, looks like we got some more restaurant closings on here eh, and some other stuff as well, too. And uh, some, some uh, comments on some of the things in the news as well right now. So we'll get into that with Robin and Dave. And then we've got Greg Sharp. Before Illinois, Nebraska, Illinois, Friday night, a Friday night special for the Huskers. We'll get how the latest on what's happening with Nebraska and Greg's take on what that matchup with Illinois is going to look like. Right now, in the capital city, we've got 56 degrees toward, going toward a high today in the lower 70s before we really cool off some more on Friday. It is 8 o'clock right now on KLI and Lincoln. From the Momo Pizzeria Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 55 degrees in the capital city. It's time for another keyword for you. For Fantasy Oscars, you texted in to 402-479-1400. One of you texted in is going to get a pick for Fantasy Oscars. We'll contact you on how to do that. The keyword right now is... Illini. Illini. I-L-L-I-N-I. Illini. Illini. All right, text that in to 402-479-1400. And uh, if you're the one you pick, you are going to have to guess what the last digit of Nebraska's score will be on Saturday. There's only 10 options there, 0 through 9. Several of them are taken, so you'll have to take a look at that. And you can pick what from whatever's left, and you might get that prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. Two, five, nine left on the board. Two, five, and nine are left. All right. Who knows? You're cheering for some, you know, you have some of those numbers, and you're just cheering for weird stuff. One safety or one missed extra point really changes everything completely <laughs> in this game, doesn't it? We will see. All right. Say hello to Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers. Robin and Dave, good morning. How are we doing today? Good, good morning. Good to talk to you. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning. All right. Let's jump into the news that we've got this week. Uh, boy, Burger King's in Lincoln. Uh, Man, more of them at least temporarily closing right now. What can you tell us? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we have uh, several Burger Kings that are temporarily closed. Uh, the one on North 48th and Holdridge. Oh, 60th and Havelock, which, by the way, if you remember, there yes. was that was the created quite a little media storm. Yes, I remember that. And the one at 48th and Van Dorn. Wow. So temporarily closed for all those. Now, they're still open at, at 2045 South 17th, which is effectively 17th and South Street, uh, 2500 North 11th, and 3810 Old Cheney Road. 
guess okay. that 2500 North 11th would be Belmont Shopping Center. Right. Or, or across the street from Belmont Shopping Center. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And uh, 3810 Old Cheney Road is basically the one at 40th and Old Cheney Road. Uh, oh, yeah. From uh, across from. Across from Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Bingo. I'm having memories of having gone all of these places before. <laughs> so what is happening exactly here, Dave? Well, I don't know precisely what's happening, but they're they're going through a, a bankruptcy issue. And this is a local. It's the local franchise. It's not the it's national. Not the national. Yeah. But there is a local that owns several, if not all of them, right? Yeah. But several in Lincoln that have closed down. And this is not an uncommon thing to see when they're when they're going through, you know, a situation like this because they're more basically they're closing their losers and or marginal ones and and keeping the winners are we seeing this with other fast food franchises something similar it doesn't seem not like really. it necessarily. Not really no huh? no, no. We, we haven't we we haven't seen it yet even uh, the even the sandwich shop closings have slowed down we haven't had a subway close for a long time or Right. Uh, that seems to have settled and found its And what happened with a lot market. of the subways is, is there was a lot of overlap. Yeah. In in their locations. Uh, most restaurants want to have a certain distance between each restaurant and different traffic patterns. Uh, so subway kind of pushed that. They kind of overshot there for a few years, but that's pretty much been corrected. Yeah, that's, right. that's that's been it just, resolved. I I I just wonder if Burger King has fell victim like more than McDonald's to competition or something like that. They still advertise like crazy, obviously, yeah. nationally on national I mean, we all have that song. You know, that's that song is on all the college football games it seems like. Whopper whopper chicken, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but uh yeah, and I went to... I <laughs> what, went, Caleb? <laughs> I'm not very good Caleb, with lyrics. You know that. Literally, Caleb, all they did, anything that was two syllables, just yeah. did what you did. It, <laughs> did. it did not matter the order. Right. They did. Whopper, whopper, chicken, dinner, dollar, dollar, yeah. say another. Right. Like, literally, you can do it with anything through it. They just want you to have that tune and go, Which oh, they, that's, that, well, that's Burger King. Mission accomplished, but I guess I not... <laughs> But I don't know if I'm going there. But my 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 only point is, yeah, you don't. You, I, I just wonder if this is sort of a. I don't think about this is going to sound weird. I don't think about Burger King as much as I used to, but I probably think about McDonald's the same amount that I used to. I don't know what your baseline is on that though. Like the, the how much, how much you thinking used to. time. That's not the point. We're looking at the trend lines, not the baseline. And the trend line is, I just don't. I think of. I thought about Burger King way more in proportion to other restaurants in like 1992. Like way more, <laughs> but I think the McDo- uh, the McDonald's proportion is about the same. As I, for me. Now, Does Dave and I, Dave and I, I know are somebody e- out there. Gets we that. are equal opportunity thinkers, um, and both of us. We were talking about this one day, and surprised to find out we were the same. We like the Whoppers the best, and on a you know slow day when there's not much going on over the lunch hour, happy to drive over to McDonald's to pick up the fries part That's exactly of, part what I do. Meal. That's incredible. <laughs> so we are equal wow. opportunity. That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't even, yeah, I, I, I pick up a Whopper and pick and up an order of fries at McDonald's. I would say 90% of my money to Burger King in the last two decades have gone has gone to breakfast. Oh, really? Would, yeah. That's interesting. I would say, I, yeah. You know, I went to Burger King a couple weeks ago, and I wanted... 
you know, trying to be a little more healthy about this. I, I wanted a burger and a salad, and they didn't have a salad. Didn't have salad. Interesting. Yeah, that was kind of... So maybe they're going 100% junk food at a really good price point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, more... Then we just kind of... Some other local business news yeah. um, that we've got here this week. A couple of things that were pretty significant. Um, first, the uh, the passing of Alice Dittman. Um, thoughts on that, um, guys? Sad, sad news. That Alice Born passed. in 1930. I mean, yeah. how many people can say they grew up in the Depression? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, to us, that's just like something in the movies. Um, but she was a graduate of the Nebraska College of Business. They're one of our Saturday sponsors. And this would have been like the World War II era. There couldn't have been too many women at the Nebraska yeah. College of Business. 1948 or so, yeah. In the yeah. late 40s. Yeah, and she went on to Harvard and Radcliffe. Um, humble person. Um, held a job, every single job in the bank, from maintenance to president, CEO, and chairman of the board. Every job. And I, one of my favorite people have been, the last week or so, have been posting their memories and one of the favorite ones that i read was years ago she gave a single woman a loan for an acreage when no other bank would do that interesting yeah Yeah. so she was ahead of her time yeah i'd met alice uh several times and i'd just say uh in my opinion she was a trailblazer in the banking industry and uh taking on a job that you know, historically had been male dominated and is really done a great job. I believe she won the Inspire Award she won also. She Inspire Women's yep. Award and mm-hmm. many other recognitions. Well, yeah. And rightfully so. Uh, she's, she was, um, she was a pretty special person. She was also, if I remember correctly, I think she was the head of the Nebraska Bankers Association or the Yeah, listen to all the I, 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 uh, she was the first woman to chair the Bryan Hospital Board of Directors 1982, okay. Lincoln Chamber of Commerce 88, Nebraska Chamber of Commerce 92, the Community Bankers Council in 1997, also the first woman named president of the Nebraska Bankers Association in 1993. I didn't I didn't have any of that yeah. in front of me, but I just remember uh you know some of the other bankers uh talking you know in imagine, glowing terms about imagine her. having a perspective like that of going through so many economic cycles as uh, she went through mm-hmm. i mean think of how many recessions and you know the farm crisis in the 1980s and the crash in 2008 i mean she saw right ups and downs and roller coasters for yeah. decades 1948 graduate of lincoln high got two degrees from the university of nebraska and 52 and 55 then went on for a year at that at harvard um and then came back got married at st paul's here in lincoln um and then went forward with with the story there so yeah Uh, a true trailblazer yeah um 100 percent 100 percent uh all right other news that we've got uh going on here news from liba this week as well uh change at the top of liba bud sign bud sinhorst is going to be stepping away um doing some other work uh, he uh, he led the group through some tough times, of course, succeeding Kobe Mack, difficult yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And then right away after that pandemic uh, that went on. Right. So it was a it was a 10 year uh, that was, was somewhat short, but it was there was a lot happening during. it. Well, yeah. And I, I, I have some 
sympathy for him. Uh, I believe I heard you talking one day about it's hard to follow, you yeah. know, the... You, do, you, you don't want to be the person who follows the legend. Right. You want to be the person who follows... The, the, le- le- the follows the follows the legends, right? Yeah, that, be, that's what I always say second. about football coaches, right? right? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, I'm afraid uh, that it happens uh, in this because it was a public type of position, much like football mm-hmm. coaches, where everybody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought he did a pretty good job, you know. And uh, I wish him well in his new. We endeavor. have him scheduled to come on Grow Lincoln. I should have looked up the oh, date, yeah. but we planned that before this announcement. But he's going to stay on until the end of the year, yeah. and we will be having him on one of our upcoming Saturday shows. Pretty yeah. soon. I just know it had to be an incredible going through the pandemic with that job being fairly yeah. new. With that job had to be. Uh, just crazy, crazy, but always a very kind every time that I, that I had interactions with him as well. And I know, uh, you know, he's been he's been doing stuff and uh, you could hear him on our podcast at Podcast House Media, too, with a Lincoln business beat as well. So uh, and then some uh, labor report numbers that have just come out. Curious what you guys uh, heard on this and what you make of it. Yeah, um, our guests that come on our show talk about how hard it is to hire people all the time, every day, night and yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a reoccurring and, thing. And it's, a, and like it's it. a contributing factor to what the Fed looks at as far as raising our interest rates on those mortgages we're trying to get when we're purchasing our homes. So, you know, kind of unfortunately, if the unemployment rate is going up, that <laughs> makes it more likely interest rates might come down. Um, so we... We kind of try to watch what's going yeah. on with this. And um, Secretary of State John Alban was addressed a meeting I was at and said that our unemployment in Nebraska is at a record. It's 2%. So it is still low. He said nationwide, it's 3.8. So almost 4%. Okay. Nationwide. Pretty, pretty low. That's a pretty big difference yeah. between yeah. us and the rest of the nation. Um, okay, then... He gets into some numbers here, and if you're driving through roundabouts, bear with me. I'll try to make this easy. Um, 21,000-plus people in Nebraska are unemployed. 35,000 job openings, almost 36,000 job openings. So way more job openings than we possibly have. Right. Anybody that could fill them. Um, A few months ago, it was 50,000, but um, he said employers aren't offering as many job positions now that they were then, presumably because of high interest rates. So we yeah. are seeing less jobs being offered. And I think, that. That, you know, I think this this will show up in some business confidence uh, issues. Uh, obviously, that's why those those right. numbers are going right. down. Here was something else that I thought was interesting. One out of five of those who are unemployed is receiving state benefits. So that means that 80% of our unemployed are not on welfare from the state of Nebraska. So 80% of the 2%. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's so a fairly that, small number. Yeah. We probably have a lot of retirees who yeah. can't or, or won't yeah. come back into the yeah. job force. Three quarters of the jobs that are currently being advertised around the state, three quarter, or excuse two me, thirds. two thirds of those jobs two-thirds are for the nursing profession no kidding wow. so even if even if you took all those 20, 21,000 people they can't all be nurses they can't right. all be nurses yeah. yeah yeah that's wow that's incredible that there's that much that's and that's scary. probably that gonna be scary and you're and gonna need keep going you're up. gonna need more of those right I mean, you hear a lot about daycare worker crisis we have a nursing shortage crisis. wow 
Well, I wow. think everybody knew there was a nursing shortage, but that's yeah. profound. And then there's apparently one other sector in the state that, on the opposite side of things, that apparently is uh, changing yeah, a little bit, too. Yeah, participation in workforce is not as high. And John said this is both the city and the state with the teenagers. Right, right. Well, you see, the, the pools couldn't get lifeguards pools this year. Pools could not get lifeguards. Right, and, and probably, talk about Burger King, right? right. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, uh, just just look, look at the... Uh, jobs at at these fast food places just mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. with what you were talking about they're nowhere near the minimum wage right yeah you they're, know, they're, they're trying yeah they're way above yeah so. absolutely all right well interesting boy yeah it's, it's just an interesting market right now and trying to completely understand it's why it's weird. even happening it's weird is, yeah it's still hard for yeah. me to get my head around uh, i'll leave it to people who are smarter than me to do that so uh, all right, very good. Uh, no football on Saturday, so we, we do a have show. a show. We have a full show. And speaking of the unemployment, you know, of course, the trades always having trouble recruiting people. We're going to have John Henry's Plumbing come in and talk about what they need and where they're getting these workers from, what schools, how they find okay. them. All right, on that same subject. All right, very good. Hey, Robin, Dave, appreciate it. Thanks for the time, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, catch you guys later. Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, Girl Lincoln. Catch them on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, ask them a question if you're wondering about the building going up in your building. You listen to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate every Friday this fall, presented by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does. What he says. Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Hi, welcome back. Hoping to get Greg Sharp on, uh... Shortly, phone issue there. Hopefully, we can still get him on. But uh, Nebraska, Nebraska in Illinois, a seven o'clock kickoff tomorrow night, Friday night lights in Illinois. Pre-game is going to start with Greg and the rest of the Oscar Sports Network coverage along the network at three o'clock, including right here in Lincoln. And uh, Illinois comes in, you know, Illinois comes in despite having a rough last week and uh, probably a rough, rough uh, schedule in general or, or a rough season in general so far um, as, a, as a slight favorite, even after, even after coming off the loss last week to Purdue. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is one of those games that is unpredictable, uh, and it does sound like we've got Greg Sharp with us right now. Good morning, Greg. How you doing today, Jack? I'm good. Getting ready to take off later today for Champaign, Illinois. By the way, a little birdie told me that birthday wishes are in order for you as well. So happy birthday, Mister Sharp. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I, 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 I will not ask any details. I'll just say happy birthday. <laughs> And who wouldn't want to celebrate in Champaign, Illinois? Right? I mean, that's, if you get your pick, that's what when you said I right? when you said I would like some champagne for my birthday. That's not what you meant exactly, but that's what <laughs> that's uh, that's what you got. Yeah, what are the uh, what are the travel plans here today? Taking off later this afternoon, and uh, then you know we'll uh, 
get Sports Nightly done from from Champagne tonight, and okay. then yeah, and full two hours because John Cook had to go last night because they're traveling. Today. Yeah, two volleyball plays at Michigan State tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, so I was just talking a little bit. I was looking looking through Illinois' schedule here so far this year. Uh, wins, oh, get, winning against Toledo. I watched the end of that game. They got a <laughs> really impressive sort of miracle catch to keep that game alive. Lost to Kansas. I actually watched quite a bit of that game as well. Uh, lost to Penn State. Did beat Florida Atlantic 23-17 in Champaign. And then lost at Purdue 44-19 to last week. Um Boy, Greg, I was at that Illinois game against Nebraska last year, and that looked like a really, really good team. A lot must have changed in that program over the course of the last 12 months. Yeah, they had five guys drafted in the NFL, a handful of them off the defense, which was really good a year ago. And then Chase Brown was the draftee off the offensive side, a really good running back. So, And they're, they've had some injuries along the offensive line that's really, I think, fouled them up. They've given up the most sacks of anybody in the Big Ten Conference. And so that bodes well for Nebraska that hasn't had a sack the last two weeks. I think you will see Nebraska get to the quarterback some in this game tomorrow night. And Coach Rule yesterday said that Cam Lenhart should be able to play. That that should help. Yeah. He looks like a guy that can do that ability for us. So yeah, I, I like some of the matchups in this game for Nebraska, and, and but I'm sure Illinois sees some on their side that they like coming the other way. And I think that's why basically this is a pick em game. I think Illinois is a slight favorite because of the home field. But uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Illinois' offense the last few years has been so much of Chase Brown, and he, of course, is in the NFL now. I think he's with the Bengals now. But it's uh, that that's what I think of when I think of Illinois' offense and um, really focusing on that run game. is is Are they kind of staying stylistically where they've been? I know they also have Isaiah Williams, who seems like he's been there a decade as well. He's one of those guys. But do you think stylistically it's still kind of going to be the same thing that they tried to do last year at least? Well, a little different because Altmaier, the quarterback, can run. Okay. And they'll get they'll let him run some option and take off and go. And that's what makes him a little dangerous, that if he can get by your pass rush, he can hurt you with his legs a little bit like we saw McCarthy last week, mm-hmm. where he would take off and go get big runs because you've got your back turn of the quarterback. So they're a little different because Altmaier's skill set's uh, different than the kid they had last year, the Mayo kid they had last year. So I like Altmaier. He, he's... He missed. I went back yesterday and watched the Purdue game. He missed two wide open wide receivers for touchdowns. Wow. Uh, that game was pretty close at half. It was sixteen thirteen at the half, and then Purdue um, got a couple turnovers and short fields and got their offense cranked up and really opened up the game in the second half. But the, you're right, though. They still Brett Bielman in his DNA. He wants to run the ball, mm-hmm. so he wants to be able to do that. But they're having issues with that offensive line, which has given them problems. Yeah, uh, scoring points and moving the ball. And I believe that running back Love, I think he had a de- didn't he have a decent game against uh, Nebraska last year too? Yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah, two he years. Didn't yeah. Play. yeah, he didn't play last week, so he was okay. out. They they think they're getting him back oh. in this week's game. Okay. They also have a really good freshman that I was impressed with watching that tape against Purdue by the name of Fagan, and he's about two hundred and forty pounds, but he runs downhill, and I have a feeling we may see a steady diet of him in the game tomorrow. Okay. It's been interesting to hear the coaches and players talk this week, Greg, and I'm curious what you make of it. There has been a there has been kind of a real focus on I don't even know how to how to explain it exactly, but it's it's kind of about about the way the state of mind that you've got playing and that it wasn't right for Michigan and it sounded to me like um, when Rule and some of the other coaches and players were 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 talking, they were talking about 
thinking too much, not just playing and playing not to playing not to lose instead of playing how to win. I'm curious what your reaction to what so much of the off uh, the middle of the week talk was from the players and the coaches. Well, I think what what the coaching staff has figured out is that this football program and and the fan base for that matter too, or we're suffering from P, PTSD uh-huh. and. I think he's trying to shake them out of that mode that, hey, what happened in 21 or 22 doesn't affect what we're doing now. That's in the past. Let's put that away. We have 63 new players on the team that weren't part of 22, certainly weren't part of 21, so they didn't have an impact on those games. But the leftovers and a lot of the guys that are playing an awful lot do, and it's kind of like where you're expecting bad things to happen. And I think they went into last week's game almost kind of convinced we're not going to beat this team. Mm. And they kind of played that way. And uh, that that drove him crazy. I'm talking about Coach Rule. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he went with the heavy practice on Sunday to try to shake this team up a little bit. There's no doubt. They've kind of, rallied, they've kind of circled the wagons for this game tomorrow. And so they put a lot of eggs in this basket. And so I <laughs> – yeah. Fingers crossed that this thing goes the right way because I, I don't I don't know kind of where you go from here if you don't if you've made so much importance on turning in and flipping the switch now so this yeah. to me is a giant game and my guess is Brett Beal is kind of doing the same thing in Champagne yeah this, you know if you're just a neutral fan I'm, we're all not right but if you're a neutral fan this could be a fascinating game to watch tomorrow night well they're in the same situation as you if they have any designs on a on a bowl game they probably probably got to get yep. this indiana does and and yep. i want to talk about nebraska's road in october but i want to ask you one one more question though too what you talked about the ptsd thing and like i think the fans understand that better than anyone they probably understand it better than rule does even better than some of these players because I think we've, for the vast majority of us, we've got it too, for right or for wrong. When yep. when Nebraska threw that interception, Greg, do you know what I said? I mean, it, maybe I shouldn't admit it, but I turned I turned to my mom. I was at the game, and I was like, "That if they score here, that's it, right?" Yeah, that's yeah. what. I, and I guarantee I was not the only person who thought that. Which is definitely not the way you want your team to be thinking at this point. Like I'm thinking, right? <laughs> no, hey, we we were thinking the same thing in the booth. You're like, okay, this one's really, and but then. To Nebraska's credit, they had a pretty good drive. That's the one that ended on the fourth and one play, which I did not like. Yeah. And, I, hey, I'm not a football coach, but yeah. I don't get why you line up in the shotgun on fourth and one. Right. I just I don't get that. I, and you see it all the time. I watched Illinois-Purdue, and they did the same thing on a short yeah. yardage situation. But that drives you crazy. So the Huskers kind of tried to respond right there, but then got stuff. And, and, and that I even said this on the TV show with him on Monday. They then went 89 yards and scored, and it's 21 nothing. And at that point, you're like, yeah, this thing's finished. It's yeah. over. What did you make of um, uh, of the way Heinrich Harburg played? I, I only ask, I mean, a lot of the stuff you feel like you're kind of throwing away, and there wasn't a ton, you know, there wasn't even, you know, we, we give away our, our helmet stickers on Fridays for for the for the game before, and I'm trying to find, you know, three guys who I thought really stood out, and I'm not sure. But Harburg seemed to throw it a little more. They had to just because of the game situation. Had a couple of batted down, had a couple of longer completions, too, that Nebraska hasn't seen this year. So I'm curious what you made of his kind of performance, especially as a passer on Saturday? Well, I think the coaches really liked the way he kept fighting and battling. So I think he kind of earned some cred with what he did against Michigan last week. Now, having said that, I, I just have a strong feeling we're going to see some of Jeff Sims tomorrow night. I think he's to the point now where he can really trust that ankle and plant and go. And, and I think Jeff's 
got a higher upside than Heinrich. From what I've seen to this point in time, the ability to make some bigger plays. Now, he certainly has turned the ball over, and that's mm-hmm. something Heinrich's done a pretty good job of, of avoiding. So you have to kind of balance that. But again, going back to my statement earlier that I think they put a lot into this game, I think they're going to try everything to try to get a victory against Illinois Friday night. Yeah. And, and a win, let's, let's spin this in the other side, a win – Friday night would be so big because then you hit the bye week yes. with a good feel, and then you kind of look at what's coming up, and you're going, all right, now we have a chance to put put a little streak together here. I, I mean, obviously, if you would go, so you look at the next four games, right? This I kind of look at them in, in a chunk, and you've got Illinois, then you've got, come back home, you have the bye week, as you said, come back home, Northwestern and Purdue, and then you go to Michigan State, Okay. And listen, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to use the term winnable games, but these are all games that Nebraska um, definitely has a shot of winning, which I guess is the definition of winnable. But nonetheless, uh, these are all games Nebraska has a shot of winning if they're playing up to to their full potential here at this point. If you can go, I mean, boy, if you can go four and zero in these, Greg. You are you are bowl eligible already. Going into those last three games, including the rivalry games, and you're—I don't know what the conversation is going to be about the division. I think even if you go three and one in those games, though, too, I, I, I think you'll still feel pretty good after all of this is over. But you're exactly right. Like that Illinois game, that it feels like that the, the the momentum is really going to go the direction of that game for some reason. Uh, yeah, don't you feel? I just that's just kind of a feeling in the air, and I've had it all week long in the pit of my. Stomach, mm-hmm. which makes me nervous because so much is on this one game, but it's really kind of one of those teeter totter games for the season, and, and uh, you hate to load up so much on one game. And if it doesn't turn out that way, we got to figure out a new mindset to go with. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you on all that. And you know, Matt Rule pointed this out earlier in the week. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten next year. We're going to add four, and there may be some news about some of that later today. But of the 14 teams in the Big Ten, six of them, so darn near half, are two and three. So so many, so many teams are in the same boat. And the, a bunch of the teams we're getting ready to play, all the ones you just kind of laid out ahead of us, Northwestern, Purdue, they're all sitting there with the two wins at this point in time. So a yeah. lot of seasons are either going to go up or down here, starting with this Friday night game with Nebraska. A um, couple more, Ben, and this is a broken record for this season, a couple more key injuries. Uh, we, we Last week we thought Luke Reimer was going to play, and then he obviously had some health issues, which uh, hopefully he's going to be all right. So he's going to be gone for Illinois, too, at least. Deshaun Singleton goes down early in the game. Man, I speaking of those helmet stickers, I had just given Deshaun uh, one of my helmet stickers the week before, in particular because of that play he made against Louisiana Tech where he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. But he's been playing well, really, generally. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about what you think, how Nebraska is going to fill in those holes that are left by another set of injuries here. Yeah, it was really interesting last week when, when Deshaun went down. It was like what, the second play of the game that yeah. he got hurt. I didn't even see it. So I was they, still going up up to my seat, so I didn't even see it. Yeah. So what they did was they moved Quentin Newsom to safety, and so then they brought Tommy Hill to play corner. Well, Quentin's better for us at, on the outside covering a guy one-on-one, but it, in the immediate snap of the fingers, the coaches go, all right, Q, you go inside, we'll do this. And then as the game went along, Phelan got some more snaps there. Kobe Brett's got some snaps at safety. I believe Phelan will start tomorrow in Deshaun's spot. You'll see some of Kobe Brett's back there as well. Um, you know, and because I, I really think they want to try to match up Q as much as they can on Isaiah Williams because they they try to get Isaiah Williams. And you talked about how long he's been there. It feels like they, it. It's like every other play, he's got the ball in his hands, either being targeted in the passing game, or they use him in that jet sweep package. So I think Nebraska really wants to try to get Quentin Newsom on him as much 
as possible because that's the biggest weapon of Illinois on the offense. Right. So that's my guess. Phelan gets a good chunk of those snaps. Kobe Bretts, uh, who is starting to play a little bit more and more, I think he's got a chance to play back there some more tomorrow yeah. as well. Yeah, Nebraska kids. Well, yeah, but Williams, I'm pretty, didn't Williams play quarterback against Nebraska like pre-pandemic? Uh, long ago, it seems like it. I think he came in originally as a quarterback for Illinois. He did. Yeah, Jack, he was a four-star quarterback, dual threat coming out of the St. Louis area. Yeah. So it was a huge get when Illinois got him. He never quite fit and couldn't quite throw it well enough to be a Big Ten quarterback. So they, and, and great move, bounced him to the outside, and now he's a very effective wide receiver that also carries the ball a lot. Yeah. Uh, you were you were mentioning Phelan Sanford, Kobe Brett's filling in. I went down when they put the new depth chart out on uh, on middle of the week, whenever that was, with the press conference on Monday. I went through and I looked at. I think they list twenty five positions um, because there's some extra ones on there, just on the offense and defense. And on the two deep, I don't know if you've ever been able to say this about Nebraska. I counted fifteen out of those twenty five positions had a Nebraska kid at either one or number two. I mean, yeah, I I don't know, Greg, if that's ever happened, it'd be a, it'd be a big project to figure that out. But, um, you know, Phelan Sanford entered in, uh, you've had some other guys that have entered in you've had some, some guys from Nebraska who have ended up playing, you know, the, the Bullocks and, and have been playing a little bit more than you think. I'm not sure they've had a team in a lot of years that have been, has been this dependent on Nebraskans, which is kind of cool. I think. Here, here's a project for Caleb today because he doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Go, go, Good. Go, Thank go you. Pull, go pull up the 97 Huskers and their starters. There were a lot of 97 guys okay. in that 97 national yeah. championship team. Obviously, Frost is the quarterback. But that offensive line had a ton of Nebraska natives. Amon Green, Nebraska native. Yeah. I mean, that group yeah. had a bunch. And that's when high school football may have been in its apex. And it's kind of coming back. I think we're kind of getting to that point where – the state's producing a lot of really good, talented kids again at the football level. We went through a bit of a drought early in this century after that great run in the 90s, but right. it's kind of coming back, and I think well, that's going to help Husker football. And the other thing is, I mean, to be frank about it, too, there were some recruiting losses, too, in the state of Nebraska sure. that happened yeah. that that played into that as well. Okay, now you got me Now you got me curious about this uh, this team as I'm going through the whole thing. Erwin oh, Sweeney, defensive back. Oh, he was a freshman then. I don't know if he was playing. I played against him in high school. That's why I mentioned him. <laughs> All right, we're going to send we're gonna send uh, Caleb in on this one. Happy See birthday. See if he can compare. <laughs> that's, that's Greg's birthday gift. If he promises to work it in on the air at some point on Friday night, that's the deal. That's the, uh, that's the deal with that. Yeah, how about a, a, a Friday night? I know people love to ask the coach all the questions uh, about changes in routine and i mean I, I don't care that much about that but uh what do you what do you think about uh doing one of these games on a friday night greg it's just odd to me i i really i love high school football so much i think this you know but it, it is the way it is mm-hmm. because of the television deals they're looking for programming they're looking for 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 teams that can move the needle a little bit and nebraska still has that ability to draw eyeballs and, and, you know, Nebraska has been pretty adamant about saying we will not host a Friday night football game. Yeah. It's just too hard with us, with the downtown parking and all those type of things. But they're willing to play people on the road. Illinois' campus and their stadium, where it sits on their campus, it doesn't affect parking uh, for their business community at all. So they're a perfect fit to be able to do this. But 
Yeah, I do cringe, Jack, honestly, when Me we too. play on Friday nights because it just intercedes with the kids on, on the high school pitch. Yeah, their parking works is so long as the stadium uh, stays away from burning down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that gator <laughs> gator caught on fire. Oh, I saw the smoke coming out of there and about 20 fire trucks. And the, just the first reports I saw, I was like, I don't think they're going to play this game. But luckily it wasn't serious. Nobody was hurt in the yeah. whole thing as well. So that was good. And, Greg, here, think of this. You can actually maybe see some college football on Saturday as well. Oh. Which you Can't usually wait. don't get to do. I got to get Peacock because there's two Big Ten games on Peacock, so I've got to go subscribe <laughs> hey, Peacock right now. We're going to need it for for women's basketball and men's basketball yep. season two, so might as well get it over with. Plus, you can watch old episodes of The Office if you want to that way. <laughs> That's always a bonus. <laughs> All right, Greg, great to talk to you. Uh, looking forward to your call. And again, Sports Nightly tonight, live from Champaign, correct? Yes. Yep, yep, we'll be covering it all from there. All right, very cool. And then the game tomorrow, pregame starts here at KLIN at 3. Kickoff with Greg starts at 7. Greg, always appreciate your time. We will talk to you again next week, all right? Thanks, guys. There you go. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red and the birthday boy. It's 8.55. It's and, and the project designer. And the project designer and Caleb's other boss. <laughs> uh, it's 8.56. We'll wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. Um, boy, Greg Sharp loves to little drop little, little like time bombs Yeah, in our interviews. So he is suggesting perhaps, what did he say? Some news related to the conference was yeah, coming Yeah, news out. related to the conference so, because of the additions of four teams. So, Caleb and I, like we did last week, when he hinted at the stadium news that was coming, uh, I'm wondering if future schedules are coming. Yeah, that's that's my schedules. inclination as well. But we will see. We will see. Uh, back tomorrow, Mike Schaefer, Kevin Suits will join us. It's the Friday Husker Tailgate Game Day Edition. Have a lot of fun getting you ready for Nebraska and Illinois. We'll see you then. 9 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.